We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Light Years, Andy Liu. What's up, my man? You know, I'm watching Summer League Basketball. There's, not, there's nothing better. Summer League Basketball, I will admit, better than college basketball. Let's just going to start it out here today. Better than I'm college hoops. I feel like it's been a good day. We, we, we're recording at 8 at night. Um, Jalen Green looked phenomenal. Mm. Evan Mobley looked exactly like a big man with no guards in summer league. Looks. The worst. Imagine being a big <laughs> in summer league. The it's worst. not. It's not for the bigs. It's not. It's not for the bigs. And then uh, Cade. Cade looked pretty nice. Ugh. I think. Ugh. Uh, Josh Giddy felt bad for him. Gets hurt in the first like five minutes. He looked good for a minute though. James Book Knight. Come on. Don't forget Book that name. Knight, my guy. Knight. Just saw him do. Just saw that tr- three dribble combo into the step back three, and I'm just like. Very so fun. What could have been? What could have been? <laughs> Very nice. fun. They, stuff. they all look nice. Obviously, yeah. it's earlier competition, but you, you know, get the Warriors coming on Monday, and I, I just want to, I want to bring this up. The Warriors' schedule is kind of amazing. It's like exactly what you'd want to see. You got Monday, mm. five p.m. against Orlando, so we get to see Kuminga and Moody against Suggs and Franz Wagner. <sighs> that should be a good matchup. That should be fun. Wednesday, Scotty Barnes versus uh, Kuminga. I mean, that's in that like for like, weren't they the two wings? Everyone's like, which one do you like more? Right? Like, yeah, yeah. Barnes played today too. Yeah, Barnes played today. Looked okay. Looks like a guy that can handle the ball a little bit too. He should be fun in the NBA. Just, I mean, his entire draft full of fun people. Yeah, they're, they're a lot of high upside, interesting players. Friday, Warriors Thunder. I don't know if Giddy's going to play based on, like, it's summer league. He might be out for six months. I was making a joke. Just OKC nah. being OKC. He might, he might not play again. He, just, he might be out. But I was actually excited to watch your guy, Giddy, today. But it's too bad. I'm, I'm excited to watch all the top guys just because it's like, I'm with you. College basketball sucks. Part of the reason I was, like, high on book night was, like, if you watch a little of it, it was like, this doesn't look like an NBA game at all. But he looks at his NBA skill. So put him in a put him in an environment that like they play something that resembles basketball. He should be a playmaker. Right. So hmm. anyway, that it's like, it's just fun to watch these guys in an NBA setting. So, and then hey, let me, let me throw another name out there. Hold on before they Shangun. 
Send Very who? fun. Did yeah. you watch that game? Well, if you watch Jalen Green, then you watch that game. But he's another fun. I, you probably know a lot more than him pre-draft because I didn't bother watching him because I knew the Warriors weren't going to take him. But he, man, he can move. He's like your modern NBA center. Uh, can defend a little bit. I, man, the Rockets, even though they lost Daryl Morey, Sam, feels like they still got the same scouts or whatever. The I mean, hell, they, all Valley they did was, I mean, Morey, all the... Maury's the type of guy who's going to try to hire as many smart people as he can. So yeah. in theory, the people who are underneath him should be able to get the job done. You never know. You know yeah. Just because you're yeah. smart doesn't mean you're ready for the, the head position job. But I don't know. The, the Rockets are kind of interesting. They're going to be awful this year because they're yeah, going to play yeah. like a bunch of 19-year-olds all game. But uh, I think they're moving the right direction. I think Jalen Green's going to be a superstar one day. Like he's, I think he's better than... Levine and Booker and those guys at that age, you know, like doesn't mean he's going to be better than them in five years, but like he's better as a teenager than they were. I, I do watch just overall. I mean, I watched a couple hours today, kind of back and back and forth, flipping between games. I will say overall players today in the NBA, they, they're so much better than when play than when I was watching the league, like six years ago. I'm, I'm just thinking of like the first time I covered summer league in person was like six years ago. And, uh, and it was like Scott Machado was like the guy that I remember watching and, and Royce White right. and those guys. But you watch some of these players today, like, for example, the step back three. Um, and you see that every single player can do it, or at least the, the guys that you think are going to be superstars. And you just never, ever saw that six years ago. Just well, one you, example. You, you know what it is? Crazy. It, how long have Steph and Harden been doing the step back three? Yeah. Six years now? No. Yeah. Jalen Green was 13, 12 <laughs> the first time he started seeing that. Like, this is, an Im- this is a generation that's influenced by Steph Curry yeah. and James Harden, probably more than any two players stylistically. Like, yeah. Braun is, you know, amazing, but it's like, how many people can, like, really be like, yeah, dude, I'm just going to be 6'9", six- 270 yeah. and have the best passing touch in the league. Like, that's, yeah. you know, right. it's not right. something you can really learn from. But, like, Steph and Harden, they're kind of the creative fulcrums of, like, every other player in the league. So, yeah, I noticed that. It's like Book Knight has it. Um, Cade Cunningham Ooh. has a little bit of a step back and pull it. Like, it's, it's like the first thing they try to learn. Like, obviously, we saw Trey Young a few years ago. And, like, it's not stopping. So... I mean, the I league's mean, in a good place. That's just was my overall point. League's in a good place. If you see some of these guys, just so much talent, so much yeah. skill that I've never ever seen before. And uh, this, I mean, we're excited for them. Yeah, that that's kind of why I wanted the Warriors to draft a high skill guy because I think the skill level of players Ooh. coming into the league has never been higher. But a lot of them don't know how to play team basketball, you know. Yeah. So it's like if you can take a guy with the raw tools and skill and put them in the right system, you might have something super special. Anyway, with that said, like Kuminga has all, he has a bunch of tools. So I'm excited to see him. And I want to ask you this, this is my question. What are you hoping to see from Jonathan Kuminga and to a lesser extent, Moses Moody over this week? We get to see him in some high profile games against some, some interesting prospects. What are you expecting to see? Uh, uh, let me start with Gary Payton. No, okay. <laughs> John the Kaminga. Um, God, I'm excited for tomorrow's game because ga- the first game, the first Kaminga game was tantalizing. It, it really did. People in my mention today or yesterday when the podcast came out, they were saying like, you guys remember James Wiseman's first few games in the regular season, right? Like it was, I mean, I was salivating thinking about what he could be. So that, right. that was Kaminga's first game. And, and you could argue maybe even more so. So tomorrow, it's- the thing, 
And by the way, that center yeah. the Heat had is legit. Like he he got a full con. I think he's going to be an NBA player. Yurt Savan, if I'm yeah. pronouncing that correctly. And, and that was, yeah. and 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 I don't think he's really going to see any other centers <laughs> this week that matter. Yeah. So yeah, I mean he looked. I mean he seven feet tall too. Um, but Kaminga, I think it's it's the same stuff that I said with James Wiseman. It's going to be feel. How much? Like I think he has more feel than Wiseman. But I would be fascinated to see what else he could because he had a bonus. He had the ball in his hands a lot uh, in that first game. Part yeah. of that is he kind of needs the ball in his hands to do what he wants. He's not he's not moody, right? He's not a three and D type of guy. So just more of what is he going to do with the ball in his hands? Is it just going to be out of control turnovers? Is it going to be bad decisions? Is it going to be kind of does he really know what he's doing out there? How raw is he? I think that's really what I'm what I'm looking for um, for him. Like some passes that he made were kind of crazy, but. He was looking to make those passes. So I think the feel for the game is probably the things I'm most interested in. We don't, I don't know if I saw that for, with our guy wise last season, big Jimmy. Um, so I kind of want to look for that with, uh, with coming Jimmy, the wise guy. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to expand on that. I'm actually not worried about feel. I'm more curious to rate his skill level. Like I thought he recognized a lot of passes, but he did not execute them in that California classic game. I saw a dude who had a decent handle, like an above average handle for a guy his size. Definitely a handle he could tighten, and I think he could then become really good. But his handle's probably more advanced than like Ubre and Wiggins is already, right? Like those type of guys, right? And I, 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 he definitely saw the passes he should be making. He just didn't execute them. So I want to see what happens throughout this week. Was that just a one-off? Like a young player, one night they're inconsistent. One one night they're throwing it all over the place. The next night they're hitting their targets. Or is he a guy who like really can't hit his targets, right? Same thing could be said for the jump shot. How yeah. much work does it need? It needs some work. I don't think his form is particularly terrible. He doesn't have a hitch or anything like that. But it's like, I want to I want to watch it more and just, I want to see how how much he has to work on his skill because I actually thought the feel was pretty decent. It was, it was better than expected. Uh, the shot I, I've kind of stayed away from thinking about Kaminga's shot because I, I feel like it's a medical doctor, not a shot doctor. <laughs> yeah. It's just, I, yeah, I just feel like it's, it's going to be fine. I, I also don't, it's not atrocious. It's not yeah. atrocious. And I mean, he airballed a three, but he also shot it from kind of above the break. You kind of don't want him doing those, but he made a corner three. Um, it feels kind of like Wiseman's kind of shot. Like it, it's not horrific, but it should go in if he's open, if he's not later on not, in his career. It's not Clay Thompson, but it's not Draymond Green. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Draymond. Yeah. There you go. It's not Ben Simmons, right? Who Ben Simmons won't, won't even shoot it. But I think those are the, um, that, that's kind of the main thing. Um, it feels like Kaminga is going to play some minutes come the regular season. That's the other thing that's also interesting. So if that's the case, then defensively, and I think that's the first, the first trait, the first skill that he has that may be NBA ready is going to be defensively. What can he do? They played him at the five, <laughs> uh, did not see that coming. Uh, what is he going to be able to do? What is he going to be able to block the rim weak side? Is he going to be able to understand what how NBA oh, defense see, I'm, played? I'm, right? I'm thinking about it differently. I want so they're played him only at the four and the five, and part mm-hmm. of that summer mm-hmm. league, no one's carrying bigs, right? Like part of it's a summer league roster construct thing. But I do want to see how he does switched on to guards because when you look at the Warriors roster, you got Draymond, mm-hmm. um, you got you, you you got Otto Porter, you got Bielitsa. 
you got you got a lot of guys who are going to play four or five minutes. So I want to know if you throw Kuminga at the three, Otto at the four, and Draymond at the five, you know, a very switchy lineup, right, in theory. Can Kuminga handle getting switched on to quick guards? Because I don't think we're going to see anything in summer league about him, like, guarding bigs. Like, I'm more curious, like, if he gets switched on to Jalen Suggs, does he get blown by or does he hold does he hold his own right um you know when they go against okc trey man uh quick guard i mean i don't know if he's going to be a good nba player but like has like characteristics of like half the point guards in the league where it's just like quick downhill guard right so i'm just curious how kuminga does on that stuff too because if he can stay if he can switch on to guards he's gonna get minutes like Kerr will play him. Kerr will be like, I don't care if you make some offensive mistakes. If I can trust him to defend, he's getting at least 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah. Cause I think trusting him to defend this season may be a little bit easier than trusting him to make decisions with the ball in his hands or to make threes on offense. Like that's tough. You, you kind of can't rely on, not, not on a team that's trying to win, you know, regular season basketball games. But I remember watching Draymond Green, um, in, in the summer league, because I'm watching, I see Draymond Green summer league highlights just pop on my timeline. Shouts to Doug summer, a, a summer just league legend, sick. by the way. Very, he, but he was also a guy that was shooting, remember, like 10% from the field in, in summer league. Um, but when you watch them play in summer league, you could automatically see that he could defend. Um, you could, you could like, it's like when you first saw him play against uh, Blake Griffin in that playoff series, you're like, oh, that's a playoff. That's a playoff player. That's a guy that's going to play in the postseason. So, with Kaminga, you know, I, I'm a little hesitant. Like, I don't think or sh- or think or or think he should be guarding Smalls. Like, to me, he's a three four type of guy. Like, he's in that yeah, Harry B type yeah. of type of role. But like you said, though, he what his wingspan like seven two, like <laughs> seven Legit- once. Ridiculous six eleven seven foot. But yeah, ridiculous. I mean, he's, yeah, I mean, he's so, I, I was, he definitely has the size, and I do. You know, I agree with you. I think like long term, he's going to be a three four who kills teams when he plays a four. Like. Yeah. That's kind of the guy is, but yeah. like on this team, I need to know that he can, you know, if he gets switched on that guard, can he do something? That type I of thing. He, he does have a, um, he does have a, uh, a high, I mean, the athleticism is crazy. I mean, he had a, he had a block off the backboard, um, in the, in the, in the first summer league game. And I'm just, I'm just like, there's head, not a head single the rim, head at the, the rim. rim. Who not else a on this single person? No. Yeah. I know what you're gonna say. I know I what like, you're gonna say. I was Who just, else on the just team James Wiseman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. I mean, like Andrew Wiggins, athletic, but like that was whew, just incredible. And so, what made the Warriors' defense great uh, in 16, 17, 17, 18 was because it's not like they were big, right? But you remember KD led the league in, or like team led the league in blocks because they just had all these rangy wings, Andre Godala. Um, Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, and they were long and switch, and they could weak side block. Not saying that Kaminga could be Kevin Durant, right? But like they no. had, they they that's kind but of he the, had one, he had one in the California Classic game. Yeah. He had a few in the G League bubble. It's like he didn't play good defense in the bubble, but he had flash plays on defense to make you believe that he could be a defender. And like, yeah. let's be real, no teenager is a good defender anyway. So yeah, it's you know it, that's one thing I want to see. I'm excited. All right, let's talk about Moody. Anything you want to see there? Uh, I already know. I already know what I like from Moody. I already know what he's going to give tomorrow. You know, he's going to be a great spacer. He's going to make his threes if they're open and he's going to be a solid defender. What I will be interested though, is the off the dribble game. Not that I need it on the Warriors next season because it's not going to happen. But I feel like Sam, I feel like it's better than he gives credit for. I think he gets to his spaces a lot easier 
uh, then people think just because he's slow, people think that he can't do it. So in a, in a situation where it's just summer league, he can kind of do what he wants. The competition's not going to be as high as it is in the NBA. I wonder how he's going to look when he gets to take a couple dribbles and kind of shoot the little, little one-legged ish mid range jump shot kind of that, that he got to a few times with missed. So that's what I'm looking for, for him tomorrow. Yeah. I, I just want to see him hit shots. Um, I want to, and I want to watch the defense too. Those are the two things. It's summer league. Jeez, we're talking about like defense, like guys are going to be, you know, again, after like it's the NBA finals, <laughs> but like, again, if Moody can defend, like he'll get on the floor immediately, you know, because he definitely knows how to move off of players. Like he's a guy who will know how to play off of Steph and Draymond. And when clay comes back, clay too. Um, I'm curious if he can defend at the level. I think he's capable of how, how long it's going to take him to get there, because if he can defend, he might get, he might be a 20 minute per game player, like pretty quickly, because if you're smart enough to move off ball, you can hit an open shot and you can defend. You're going to be in a rotation. It's yeah. just that simple. Yeah. I mean, he had some quotes out that made me feel like he was a lot. To me, listening to him talk, I was like, damn, this guy's 19 years old. Like Kaminga, Kaminga had the cockiness where I'm like, ooh, like that. He thinks he's a superstar. It's going to be sweet. I like, him yeah, I, I love it, by the way. Yeah. He has that cockiness. Um, like he, but, 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 I, but, like, I, but I hear you on that. Like Moody carries himself it's doesn't it remind you of looney where you're like that when you <laughs> yeah where you see looney's age you're like wait seriously i, th- I thought the dude was he, he like talks and carries himself and in looney's case kind of moves like he's like 36 so. yeah it feels like he was saying something where it's you know i'm gonna make sure or moody i'm talking about where he's like hey i'm gonna make sure i'm gonna be open here when the pass comes to me from draymond i'll be able to make this shot and i'm thinking like this guy's this guy was a five-star recruit wasn't he wasn't he one of the top guys in the nation and those guys usually don't think like that. You're usually coming into the league thinking like, I'm going to get mine. Let me see if I can get 20 points. Let me see if I can get, you know, $25 million on my next contract. But you're looking around the NBA now. I bet you Moody knows this. At least someone's telling him, if you're a really valuable 3 and D wing, there's no reason why you can't be a $20 million player in the NBA. You see the contracts guys got? Like Duncan <laughs> Robinson, who's just a yeah. 3. Yeah. I know D got 18 <laughs> a year. Um, right. Mikhail Bridges probably gonna get 25 i mean that's my guess like you're right like every team is desperate for dudes who can guard three positions and hit open jump shots and know how to move off ball like if it was that easy to find you know teams would find it but it's like the truth is there's only a handful of guys who can do that meanwhile there's a bazillion guys who can rebound and put back dunk at the center position right so i i he strikes me as a guy who's gonna be a who has a chance to be an all-star role player, like, like a Michael Bridges, Mikhail Bridges, sorry, where you're just like, I, he's probably never going to make an all-star game, but it, it just every team he's on wins or like a yeah. Danny Green, one of those type of guys. Yeah, yeah Danny Green is, in, and I think there's a little more off the dribble, right? Because Danny Green's pretty useless. That's why I'm looking for that. I'm like, let me see some yeah, off the dribble. I mean, if you, let if me you, see if you, uh, if you squint your eyes and get super homerific, you're like, you know, he could, he could probably be Middleton too. Middleton, <laughs> yeah. yeah. People have thrown out the like, Middleton. I'm like, oh, I'm out there. I don't know. But like, I mean, he is interesting and I, it, it's a great pick that they got him falling at 14. So that's interesting. Uh, I would love to, you know, if he can play, if he can get up to speed quick, that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do All you right. want to talk about any of the other guys on the team? Any, anybody else that crosses that, that kind of maybe I mean, we wait for reaction. Justinian, Justinian Jessup yeah. does have uh, the Warriors do have his rights 
Uh, he did not play well in the California Classic, but really, really. if he starts heating up, it could be interesting. Uh, I'm going to wait and see. I don't think there's anyone else on the team who will get a contract next year. Like just McLaughlin looks interesting, but like, you know, the best case is they'll get a two-way. They'll probably be in Santa Cruz, something like that. So, right. Right. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What I do want to get to is the Lightyear's listeners threw us a bunch of questions on Twitter, which we appreciate. Thank you, everyone. Subscribe, rate. Uh, let's do a few of those. Oh, let's do it. All right. From at Cat and Bird. Big Jim and JK, Jonathan Kaminga, overlap a bit on the court. Should the Warriors consider moving one of them to prevent stunning the growth? It's an interesting one. Um, I, I don't know if the Warriors are going to play both guys ever together. I think it's going to be very rare that you play two 19-year-olds together on the floor unless it's a 20-point uh, Warriors victory or wit or loss. Um, <laughs> I, I also plus 20 or minus 20. Yeah, plus 20, minus 20. Those guys are going to be on the floor together. But other than that, I think Steve Kerr's way too smart. Coaching staff is way too smart to play both those guys at once. Big Jim is going to big big Jimmy is going to play um off the bench, in my opinion, with kind of Draymond Green. And, you know, some guys that could space the floor, Otto Porter. Um, if Kaminga's going to play, I think he's going to be in a position where he's, he's playing with the starters, right? He's going to be playing with Steph Curry. It's going to make his life a little bit easier. So something like that where I, I just, I really doubt, and I don't think that they're going to do it, Sam. Um, and you also don't trade guys because you think that those guys can't play together. Yeah, I don't actually think there's a fit issue with them because... It's not a uh, like Embiid Simmons situation. They're both athletic enough to run. 
Uh, Kuminga's a 3-4. Wiseman's obviously a pure 5. Um, they both have the they have the potential to be shooters and spacers. Kuminga is the potential to be a playmaker. Wiseman's definitely a play finisher. I don't know that they stun each other's growth. My, my whole thing with making a trade is like, if it makes sense for the team, you do it. But I don't see any reason to like move off of one of them. That yeah. would be true if they drafted Evan Mobley, in my opinion, where you're like, what are you going to do with Mobley and Wiseman? You kind of got to make a decision. <laughs> but I don't think it applies to Kuminga. Um, appreciate the question though. All right. From LF cred nation. If Avery Bradley is our last move of this off season, what mark would you give Myers out of 10 for the off season in the draft? And what would your second unit look like 20 to 30 games in? Do you think we'd have to rely on Steph playing an all time level to be competent? Uh, I just, I think there's like three questions there. All right. So um, let's it, it, Avery sorry, Bradley first. Yeah. Yeah. Avery Bradley first. So, what grade what you would think? you give? What grade would you give Myers if his off season is Iguodala, Otto Porter, Bielitsa, and let's just say Avery Bradley? If you're at what the taxpayer mid level vetmen, Avery Bradley is getting a vetman. A vetman. Okay, so those four guys I think are awesome fits. I think just at, in terms of those guys at the vetmen, all A pluses. Um, not using the taxpayer mid level on someone, I think is is probably a C, and then not getting a trade exception for Kelly Oubre. It's probably a C and you, you can argue, you know, maybe that wasn't there or not or whatever it is. He didn't sign for three years. Right. But then maybe the question is, maybe you should have traded him at the deadline then last year. So if that's the case, I would give it a B. I would give it a B. The fits are great. The players are awesome if they're healthy, but I think there still leaves a little bit to, to be desired. I, I guess my, and I give my it a question B. for you. So he says, what grade do you give Myers? Yeah, a B. A do B. we blame Myers? It doesn't seem to me like. I guess I, here's a conversation. Is, is he just a lake up? Is he just, can you just put them all together in one, Sam, maybe? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, yeah. I feel bad for Bob because it's, you know, he's right. not making the final decision here. Um, I mean, they don't even hide it. Like Joe's talking about his big yeah. board, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I, I never like, to me, it's like you hold Lake up accountable more than, sure. than Bob Myers. But if all those players make sense, obviously there's injury concerns. Um. Yeah, B minus for me because it's not particularly creative. But hey, man, they could end up making a trade down the line, and they didn't ruin their flexibility. Like the one thing that would have sucked is like making a deal for the sake of making a deal that ruins your flexibility. Yeah. We'll move on to the next question. <laughs> this is you'll enjoy this one from at GSW Forever. Steph has three titles and zero Finals MVPs. Do you think there's a chance he's quietly internally against bringing another superstar, Beal, Lillard, Simmons, because he wants to get one as the man? I, are you, I can, your, your <laughs> eye rolling is, is audible almost. Um, <laughs> I think if there is going to be one of those guys that's on the market, the Warriors are, uh, that trade is done. Like if, if those guys are on you the don't market, think, you don't think Steph's jealous? Yeah. <laughs> I think Steph is the least jealous. I mean, everyone's jealous, but he is the least jealous superstar out there. Um, if Bradley Beal is on the trade block, you can argue in your face till you're blue that the Warriors, you know, maybe shouldn't be a good fit, but that trade is getting done. So I wouldn't worry too much about that. I, I'll say this. Steph desperately wants someone else on the team who can do anything with the ball. <laughs> so I don't think he's, I don't think he's like dying to, 
um, you know, like just get me four goons and I'm going to show everyone I'm the man, you know, like, I don't think he cares about that. I think he just I wants a good team. No. So no. James um, Harden cares about that. You know, he cares <laughs> about scoring 30 points a game, but Steph is like, I want to win. I want to win games. You know, I don't want to win. You know, I don't want to win Bleacher Reports adoration this season. No. From option zero, the Giants have relatively few stars, but tremendous depth of versatility and a versatile roster that does require managing to maximize situational matchups pregame and in-game. Could Steve Kerr coach this kind of roster? The tough part of that question is that baseball require baseball just has a lot more. Mike Trout doesn't help Angels win basketball games across 162 game seasons. Or what did I say? Basketball <laughs> games. He does. He definitely doesn't help him with basketball games. Yeah, I mean, um, even Barry Bonds couldn't win a championship for the Giants, and he was the greatest player of all time. Just, just because in baseball, there's only so much one superstar can do. And with that, I think that Farhan, being the genius that he is, figured out if I can just depth my way into wins, that's what he's going to do. And he's kind of done that for this team. I don't know if you can do that in basketball, Sam. I don't know if you can depth your way into wins as much I mean, as the you Utah, can in baseball. I mean, the Utah Jazz, but I do think you run into a playoff, playoff talent takes over. Um, and that's not the case in baseball, I don't think. Unless you've got just elite, elite, elite starting pitching. It is and it isn't. It, yeah. you're, you're right. It's like, I mean, if you just think about it, the best hitter in baseball hits four times in a game. In basketball, the best player has a ball yeah, in their hands. One, yeah, and they take 25 shots and they make it like 15 potential assists. Like, you know, at least 10 to 15 shots are coming off of them. And they're just, they just have a bigger impact. There's just no other way around it. You know, like the only, the, the way to make the comp- Comparison would be like if you could reset your batting order every lineup. So like if you had like a stud like Otani, he just hits every inning. Like, yeah, then then yeah. I mean, you wouldn't need depth in baseball. Yeah, you just be like, sick. exactly. It would be kind of. It would be, be good for the war. I mean, the I Giants. mean, the Angels might be the best team in baseball if that happened because then just every <laughs> inning, it's like who's Trout, leading off. It's like Rendon, there. Trout, Otani, just back, back, back. <laughs> it's like yeah. imagine that they each get like ten at bats a game or something. It's just wild. <laughs> So. I, I think I think maybe the question here would be, is Steve Kerr going to be able to let go of the set and forget schemes that he's that he's so good at? Because his set and forget scheme is probably one of the best in basketball, right? But when you're talking about constant adjustments that need to be made on a game to game basis, I, I don't know how great he is because he's so married to his philosophies, right? And that's I think that's the difference. So the Giants. Uh, have versatile roster and they're willing to play different ways, play matchups differently. The Warriors under Steve Kerr kind of like to play the same way. He's willing to play anyone. Like God knows he is. Like shout out Anderson Verajan, Festus Zelian game. JMM. Yeah, exactly. Like he, he's not unwilling to give guys that, but is he willing to make the adjustments to scheme to beat an opponent? He hasn't really shown he's willing to do that in the regular season. It's kind of like in the playoffs, maybe. But I don't know. Um, maybe this year is where it uh, it starts adapting. He did start adapting a little bit last year. He did so. at the end of the season. The last, the last 30 games or so. I mean, he even when James Wiseman came back from his injury, um, he started to put Wiseman in a position to succeed and James Wiseman was playing better. And again, he's going to have to do that more this season because Kaminga and Moody are going to get minutes. I don't. I made a joke that those guys are going to be the G League. They're not. They're going to get big league minutes. So it's it's a matter of 
You can't throw Kaminga out there and ask Kaminga to make three reads a possession. He is not doing that, and it's not his fault. So you're going to have to change things up a little bit to help those guys. I like this question from Shane McAnally. With Draymond cashing in receipts post-gold medal winning, what do you think the odds are he can average double-digit scoring this year? He obviously hears the noise. Can we talk about Draymond here? Because this 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 tickled my soul. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh my god, Draymond is. You know the offense keeps deteriorating, but he just becomes more enjoyable as a human being. The trash talking is just second to none. I mean, his what do what do you say to Perk? You say to Perk, he's like, well, I mean, talk, he, yeah. he, he goes, you talk a lot of shit, <laughs> act like you're American. <laughs> I was just, it was just so... I, I did. I was a little bit confused by Kendrick's agenda there, but uh, Draymond's trash talking always, always elite. I do generational. I, I I'm gonna be the bad guy here. I, I find it a little bit annoying, Sam. I, I do. It, it to me, you're supposed to win every game by 20 points. I mean, you guys are the best team in the world. You guys have the best players in the world. Zach Levine is stapled to the bench, and he averages 20 plus points in the NBA. Like, what are we doing here? Right, you're not the underdog. By the way, shout, shout out my dude Levine outplaying Dame Lillard, like I told you he would. Yeah, <laughs> you said that with force. Said- <laughs> <laughs> by the way, Dame also annoying. Like just right after this, right after the games, just leaked that you're hurt. I, I mean, come on. Um, but I, cast, look, I get cast it. on the podium. I just what did he? Didn't he walk out with something? Anyway, I I just like whatever, man. Just 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 you struggle. So be it. It happens. If you're hurt, just don't play. It's a five six game tournament. No one's gonna really. No one's gonna remember that Dame couldn't hit a shot for three games in a row. You know, it's like it's fine. You struggle. You struggle. It's fine. Steph struggles too. Um, But the Draymond, yeah, Dame's gonna fucking hit like four threes in the fourth quarter against Denver and point at his wrist, and everyone's gonna be like, "Most clutch player in the NBA." Like, no one's gonna remember, buddy. (laughs) <laughs> um, I, I so back to the question. The question is, what are the chances Draymond actually averages ten points a game? Our magic number last season, and, and as a Chinese person, Asian person, people are happy about this. Magic number is eight for good luck. So the magic number for Draymond, maybe shout maybe out, we're asking for eight. Shout out Draymond showing respect to the Chinese American community <laughs> in San Francisco by making eight the number that matters. The Warriors were twenty and five when Draymond scored eight points last year. Did you just, just have for, that number up? Did you just did you know I, that off the top of your head? I did know it off the top of my head wow. because I looked it up like uh, yesterday. So wow, I just remembered it. But um, eight points. I don't know, man. Eight I don't points, think. <laughs> I just want to see Draymond hit some open shots. That's all. Eight points is not asking for that. I much. thought he We're played not- better. I thought he played really well um, in the tournament. You could see it. But I've almost given up on the hope that like some offensive. Uh, you know, like he's going to come out and like it's going to be 2016 again. No, no. And he only averaged 14 points in 2016. So that's not, that's not Four, 14 for Draymond's like 40 for Seth. So <laughs> um, I'll give it a 25% chance he gets the eight points, 20% chance. I think what's interesting is the Warriors built a roster to basically play him at five all the time, which is like just, that's just accepting reality. Huh. Smart. Um, uh, what's the point of developing from Steven Gatehouse? What's the point of developing Kuminga as a stretch five with Draymond Wiseman, be elites on the roster and potentially uh Marquise Chris or veteran big being signed. I don't think that him playing the stretch five is that much that different than being the four. 
in the NBA, at least in summer league. I think it's just putting in reps to say, hey, you're going to be guarding bigger guys. I think that's just kind of the point. The reps are you're going to be guarding bigger guys. You're going to have to protect the rim a little bit as the four because it's not being the four and the five is inter- interchangeable defensively for the warrior scheme. It's KD was blocking shots at the rim. Andrew Wiggins was blocking shots. Two-way Wiggs, our guy, was blocking shots at the rim last season. So I don't think it's a thing where it's like he's only going to play the five. I think it's just, hey, get used to kind of guarding bigger guys and uh, protecting the rim and blocking the rim weak side and recognizing on defense that you're going to have to be there on help, right? Because you're not he's not going to be doing that if he's playing defense at the three or the two, which, which I don't think he can do. But um, So I think that's kind of the point. So I don't think it means that much. And I also think everyone's rosters are smaller in summer league. So like by virtue of that, he's playing the four and the five doesn't mean anything. Like I, I kind of always feel like don't read too much into summer league um, in, re- in, in regards to results and stuff, but just like look for little things. Like you were saying, like in the California classic game, you're like, I was pleasantly surprised with Kaminga's feel, right? Like those are the things you should be watching for not like uh, micromanaging like what position they play because I don't know, man, no one's, no one's sending summer centers to their uh, summer league roster, you know, It'd be nice to see James Wiseman. On it the, would be, I feel bad nice. for him, man. I feel would've bad for nice. him. All right. This, this is a good question. I think you'll enjoy this from Kiri uh, Bria. What is a fair price for Ben Simmons? And is this potentially a hardened to Houston situation? New destination unlocking potential. So, the I like that. I like that. Uh, actually, why don't you start this one? Why don't you start this one? What is the right price price for? Well, I can't speak. Jeez. <laughs> it's Sunday <laughs> night. It's excused. Um, I think the right price for Ben Simmons is one prospect and like a pick. I don't think. I think he's. I think he's Jeez. far more talented than what he's shown recently, but you can't discount what he's shown. Like no one's paying top dollar for Ben Simmons right now. Like, let's be real about it. Like, would you trade Wiseman, Kuminga, Moody, and a future pick for Ben Simmons? No. That's my point. Would you trade all that for um well I, I know you I knew you trade for Giannis. Would you trade for Bradley Beal? Closer, right? Yeah. No, much closer. Much I'm like, I'm actually thinking about it, right? Like that, that's that's your point. And which is crazy because before last season, Ben Simmons over Beal is probably a pretty easy pick. I mean, not easy, but I think most people would say Ben Simmons is a better player. Like most people before the season had Ben Ben Simmons is a franchise player. Like you could build a franchise around this guy. Number one overall pick. Like he has all the traits. I mean, it's a massive point forward. I'm with you. So the right price, man, a prospect and a pick, though, is, is very, that's low. Like, even I'm sitting here like, man, that is, that is. I mean, very, it depends on the quality of the pick. Maybe I'd throw in two picks protected, something like that. Like, I, I, I'm, here's what I'm saying. I'm not willing to give up more than one of Wiseman, Kuminga, or Moody for Ben Simmons at this point. If Ben Simmons of two years ago kept progressing, he'd be worth it all. Right. And I think that's kind of where he's at. And I think that's why he hasn't been traded. Daryl Morey's doing everything yeah. in his power to try yep. to drum up potential. Um, but it's not there. Now, the second part of this is interesting. Is this potentially a Harden to Houston situation? Remember when Harden was traded from OKC and people didn't really understand how good he was and then it looked like highway robbery after the fact? Yeah. Do you think Ben Simmons can be unlocked like Harden was? Uh, short answer. My answer is yes. 
because I've talked myself into Ben Simmons, the Warriors provided a decent package. Um, I mean, not the crazy package, but remember Harden, Harden uh, vanished in the finals against the Heat. Now he was young. He's very young and he was kind of relied on a little bit too much. Yeah, very, very young. So you kind of can't blame him, but he vanished and really ironic. I mean, not ironically, but a preview to the rest of his postseason career really is what it was. Uh, But um, put in a situation where he had the ball in his hands all day, he could do what he wanted. With the Warriors, I think yes, because he's put in a situation where he's got Steph and Clay spacing the floor. He's got a team now. If you look at the Warriors and who they picked up, Otto Porter, Nemanja, Bielitsa, um, shooters that are spacing the floor around him. Jordan Poole is going to be another guy that can shoot. So if Ben Simmons is going to be on a team, you want him to be on a team that has the two greatest three-point shooters of all time. Like That's a team that Ben Simmons could be on. Now, is he going to end up being like Giannis, where he's just like a big, big forward that's just going to be at the rim all day? No, but I think he's a great, not a great fit, I should say, but I think he would be a good fit for the Warriors. And I would do Wiggins and Wiseman in a pick. Like, I, I wouldn't really think twice about that, Sam. I'd make that move. I wouldn't think twice about it either, and I'm excited. We're going to dive into this one on premium in a couple minutes. But um, uh, I'm with you. I think we both agree. Ben, we'll get into it if the trade talks actually get louder. I just don't see the point in doing it until then. But it's like um, there's – he's a much better player than what he showed here, and that's what makes this an interesting buy low prospect. Yeah. And again, the Warriors bought low on, on Andrew Wiggins and turned him into what people think now is like some, this incredible two-way guy. Two-way, two-way. <laughs> like the Warriors, like you don't, you're telling me that the Warriors can't do that with Ben Simmons? Then, then that tells you that that's what you think about the Warriors coaching staff, right? And I think people have been happy or relatively happy with how they develop Wiggins. I would think the same thing for Ben Simmons. Really? Agreed. All right, we'll be out of here. We'll see you guys tomorrow after the game.